Hi, Hi Jerry. Oh, hello, man. hello. Okay, so we've got we, we were having a bit of a chat just before we hopped on this morning. Let's do a recap. Okay, so there's been a disaster in my life 20 years ago, 25 years ago, 30 years ago, long time ago, distant mm-hmm. past. And I recently sent you a letter I have drafted to address the wrongs done to me in the way back distant past. And this is a theme very common in, in the session in sessions. People will come with a sense of injustice, a source of injustice, a story of injustice. And, yes. and it's a decision. What how do we handle that? What do we, what do we, how do we respond to that? So I've got a bit of a personal source of injustice, which I was sharing with you. And the story is ongoing. So we we can't go into a, a lot of details yet because it'll be a bit unsatisfying, but it involves a university. Uh-huh. It involves a breakdown in a relationship with a supervisor. Uh-huh. Also difficult. Oh, it's getting very uh-huh. interesting now. And but, the, but it's a cold case as well because there's, a, there's some evidence we have of, of what occurred and there's some evidence that we don't have. But, uh-huh. but I don't know what your thoughts are, but my feeling is it's good to pipe up. In fact, sometimes it's very important to pipe up about what happened, what was done to you, mm. and, why, what, and what you think needs to occur to correct this issue. It's, you know, in a sense, it's natural justice. And I think there's a place for that in the resolution of a therapeutic case. I think that there's sometimes you need to, need to do something about the situation. What do you think? I have completely mixed feelings. Right. Um, So I could just evade the whole issue by saying it depends, but I don't want to do that because let's dive into the mixed feelings. Mixed feelings are common. Uh, On the one hand, I think sometimes people do need to go back and address the past, whatever that looks like. And on the other hand, sometimes people do need to move on um, and distract and move. And and what what are you doing next? What's the next exciting focus of your life? Have Mm. a beautiful life. Uh, So it, it, it sounds avoidant, but I'm not actually meaning it in an avoidant way. And I think it depends on the circumstances the person was in when the wound or the hurt was received. If the person was well supported, it's a very different thing from if the person was alone with the hurt. Also, if your mind can easily make sense of it, if your mind can make yeah. sense of it, That's it a, seems yeah. to help the moving on because your mind can yeah. make sense of it. And I have some situations like that in my life which were really quite bad and yet surprisingly I don't ruminate on them. I don't yeah. go over and over them okay. because I think the people uh, in question who hurt me or wounded me were just yeah. psychopaths and it right. paradoxically wasn't personal. They've moved on to the next person. Right. Uh, and so what do we think about the, the prevalence of psychopaths in our country of origin here in Oz in Australia? Do we think we've got a higher than um, average 
percentage of psychopaths in our country or or what does just occurred to me as you I don't want to distract the conversation but I just wonder if there's a a a lot of it going around no that's the nature of conversation I think we need a forensic person to really yeah just drop in and do a bit of consultation here yeah okay we don't know Um, that then we we can't yeah we we don't we don't know that but I reckon they float to the top yeah, uh, they might. That was it yeah, because they've got an interest in doing in, in dominating others. Yes, and, so they float yeah. to the top in whatever area, whatever okay, area sure. you're in. Uh, so yeah. management, right, back, yeah. business. Oh, yeah. There's probably Academia. less of them in health because there's less to gain. It's um, not so. It's not so status oriented, maybe, or you know, um, gl- glamorous. <laughs> Yes, compared to other fields, yes. Yeah. Oh, man. Okay, sorry, I interrupted you. I knew I was going to do that. I put you off your game. You're on a roll. Off we go. Yeah, no, that is that is, that is totally that is totally okay. And that brings me to, like, so much has come up in the last couple of weeks. Oh, off but we that, go then. Yeah. Um, yeah, that does bring me up into how do you let other people know what they could encounter in a situation can you let them know can they take it in can they actually take in um beware of this this and this or are they unable to take it in and this is what my friend says you should concentrate Mm. on rapport because they can't Mm. hear your warnings they can't hear your warnings unless you unless unless they trust you unless they're ready I was thinking about this this morning before we hopped on, so I wasn't sure what we were going to talk about today. And I was thinking about the the, the things we're not allowed to talk about. I reckon there's sort of when it, when I say not allowed, I mean there's like a sense of taboo about them or awkwardness mm. or uncomfortableness. And I was thinking there's even certain kinds of warnings that are not socially acceptable to verbalise. <laughs> like you're supposed to trust supervisors. You're supposed to assume the university that you go to stands for all it represents. Like, you know, so to question that is quite a, well, it creates a lot of a lot of emotional responses, let's say. Like it, it, people get their back up, they get very upset. But it's also, there's also conflicts that, I mean, being young means that the chances of you being exploited or taken advantage of in some way are very high. Yes, unfortunately, and it's not good that that's happening. But but it, it it is it is a very it's a very common thing I see, and it happens certainly in my life. And I don't. It's not an easy thing to deal with because people who the truth is, I think there's a certain kind of person in the world that if they can get away with something, they will. And that mm. creates problems for everybody. Everybody, like it, the community, has to carry the cost for that not the individual. And yes. young young people often, often have to carry the cost of their elders being sneaky or secretive or dis, dishonest in some way. And, and I think systems can become corrupt. This is why I have a bit of a problem with Jordan's idea about the dominance hierarchy or the competence hierarchy. It works when it works, but there's many ways it doesn't work or, or isn't working optimally. And if it's like you can hide in the competence hierarchy, you can have a nefarious intention and just lock on to someone else who's competent and hide behind them. 
And I think this happens in organisations all the time and there isn't an easy mechanism to root that out and correct it, which is why we need something called justice. And in the absence of justice that's working, that then the whole, then the community that you live in falls into disarray and, and chaos and exploitation becomes the mechanism of relationship um, rather than shared interests, yes. mutual, mutual helping each other. Reciprocity, let's say. Yes, yes, that's the interconnectedness of all things because do you actually seek justice or do you cut your losses and move on? Yeah, it's a great question. I think think you're right. It's horses for courses. It's like sometimes, and it's not clear why, isn't it? Like sometimes you can let something go. It's Maybe your survival doesn't depend on it. But if your survival does depend on it, then... You can't without surrendering your own life. And I think the persons that have violated a code of conduct or ethics or obligations towards you are not as aware that, that, that you, you can start a blood, a blood feud. Of yes. It. And, and then it's up, and it leads to violence, basically. Like you're perpetuating a culture of violence. Yes. Yes. Yeah. When you conduct yourself in a way that does not respect the rights of both of you. Yes. I know it's complicated. How do you? But so then I suppose maybe we're maybe we're trying to sort of maybe unconsciously build a culture where it seems so basic. We're sharing reciprocity, respect for each other is actually happening. And I suppose (laughs) you look around the world and you and plenty of examples of that not happening. Yes. So what do, we, what do we do about it? And we've got a legal system which is mostly based on common sense. I'm going to say that very briefly and <laughs> resist the cringe around that. But it's mostly because if it's not based on common sense, then it doesn't work. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But um, then it, how often have we seen, how often has anyone seen, I think that this is in, you know, the psyche of modern life, someone becoming obsessed by a legal process, yeah, whether that oh, be true. unfair dismissal, whether that be yep. a will, you know, and, and 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 they drag, it drags them into that. It drags them into yeah, a sure. vortex. A quagmire. That's true. Yeah. And, and well, that's not paradoxically you, they're no. not moving on. Well, I think in in a situation where your power has been attacked, violated, or something's been taken from you, you you, you need a way of making sense of what happened first and then figuring out how to respond to it without making the damage worse. Yes. So what are your thoughts on that, Jerry? Because I've probably got some thoughts, but I'm trying to figure out how to present them. So what do you think about... Like I get the idea about becoming mired in a conflict, especially a legal conflict, especially yeah. like during a, se- a separation or something where there's lots of uh, back to court. Yes, yeah, so that- many examples, workers' compensation, yeah, divorce. I didn't even yeah. think about divorce. No, divorce um, is a tricky one too. Yeah, and- I, I would I would say even that the um, this is not based on a huge amount of expertise, but this is a broad rule of thumb. I should say that caveat, but the legal process can damage people. Um, They can get sucked into it and it makes it really, really hard, especially when children are involved. Uh, and I I feel for that. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, no, no, I do want to hear your thoughts because as you can see, my thoughts are a little 
a little muddled because we have this huge issue about whether you go back and visit the past, seek justice and sort it out, or whether you move on. But, of course, in parallel, everybody's just trying to earn a living, have clean underwear, you know, (laughs) get their kids the right kind of wheat mix, whatever whatever that is. It's kind of confusing. Um, confusing. uh, So I guess the avoidance path is... Oh, what am I saying? I it's yeah, not easier. I don't think it's easier at all, but no. it is widely taken. Good point. I'm trying to co- coalesce my thoughts into something congruent and helpful here. Okay, so when you've had a loss of some kind, someone's attacked you, life, a person, but you've had an encounter with malevolence. This has rocked you to your core. It really does. Whether you avoid it or not, you've got a dilemma in front of you that the world is not the way it should be. And then you've got to decide what you do about it. How are you going to respond, right? So it's if you do nothing or if you are able to avoid, in a sense, you've lost a part of yourself there. Yes, yes. And and maybe you might say, well, I, I can't be that person anymore. That part of me is not welcome in the world or it's just not useful. And then there's grief around that in yeah, some Yeah, or form. That, that part of things is over, yes. Yeah, okay. And, and, and if you can grieve and move on, then I guess you can regrow a new bit and that's fine. But there might be something intrinsic about you that you've lost, which you can't let go of. Like it might be your whole self, your it might feel like that to you. And then you've yes. got a dilemma. You've had your power taken. That's your experience. One way to make sense of what's happened. So what are we going to do about it? No one's here to help. I've got no allies. No one's even bloody listening to me. No one opens the door. No one picks up the phone. I'm just totally ignored. So what do you do? And I think at this point we move from the shared reality that we all think is real into a sort of weird quantum dream timey space, the, the realm of the archetypes. That's where you end up. Let's move in there. (laughs) Let's move in there. So the first thing you got to figure out is what's my life story? What's what 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 is my big heroic journey I'm on? And and this can start to provide a bit of a map of what the hell you do. So the warrior archetypes, probably the the archetype of all archetypes. It's the master of all arts is the warrior. And it's not simple to describe exactly what the warrior is, but basically warriors pursue knowledge and personal power. So if they have had an encounter and lost a first source a bit of them, their power, then they are honour bound and duty bound to pursue that to whatever end. Mm. Mm. And it becomes a sort of fight to the death. And when you, and if you've ever encountered a warrior, I've done a bit of martial arts in my life and, my God, <laughs> when you meet someone who's really got some power, you know it. You know it, and you you almost just give in because they're like that. <laughs> you, there's something you just go, oh, you, no, you you win. But sometimes there are some fights in life that you know you can feel it. You know you have to win this thing. Mm. It's not competition. It's life and death, and it's your life we're talking about here. Um. So, so in aikido, which is my. Oh God, I really wish I was like a wolfy Aikido practitioner. But the truth is, I'm. If you saw me in the dojo, I have an effect on people, which is interesting. But I'm not officially the the wolfiest practitioner of Aikido. Anyway, I give it a red hot go. But the thing in Aikido is that you have to you have to practice getting over yourself and entering into the attack. You've got to practice not 
instinctively pulling away from the tag. It's a bit like total commitment. Total commitment, Jerry. You're in like Flynn, you know? And when wow. you get into I know, right? Now when you get into yes. that mindset, you your mind moves into a different way of perceiving the world. It's not you and me. It's like where it's sort of more blended than that. And you can feel the movement of what they call in Aikido, ki or chi. It's like this weird energy. It's like the wind sort of thing. And when you, and this is a kind of power, and I can't, it happens in counselling as well. When you when you connect into the person you're working with and they're connecting to, to you, you can feel a sort of flow of energy and thoughts and topics and emotions and, and there's some kind of ordering process that's going on there. And the more I found, and warriors do this all the time, the more you use this, the better the outcome. The more coherent you become, the stronger, more authentic, more truthful, more powerful, she says confidently, not inviting any confrontations because it'll be a fight to the death, that's why. <laughs> See, now I'm looking at you, Jerry. We're having this woofy talk and I think you can feel the archetype speaking through me or something. It's not really me. It's like I'm just a little person borrowing a big mask. So archetypes are like a big um, uh, mask that you can feel as a felt experience when you take on an archetype and it can help you because, because you're relying on the squillions of human ancestors that have found this path in their life that have needed to take this path. It's a highly moral, highly ethical, highly integrity on a bound archetype. There's an exact right way to, do, to conduct yourself in every moment and after you keep doing so, you have to be honest and truthful and speak the truth. And do. And this starts to put you together in a way that's very magical, very mystical, and you can feel it and you feel better. And other people start working with you and you start, you know, people start listening. But warriors have to go and retrieve lost parts of themselves from the past and sometimes the future, which is a strange thing. But anyway, it's a whole other story. Right. How are we going? What do I'm, we think about that? I'm not there yet. You're not, no, you're not. There, I, okay. I just pretend that I'm certain people and that helps me. Um, okay, I like that. I'll let, yes, yes, you were speaking about your, what was he called? What do we oh, call you? Uh, Ryan or Aiden. Right, Aiden. I don't know. Yes. He's called something. All right, let's hear about that. Um, oh, okay, yeah, Ryan, so sometimes okay. I, I mean, this is yeah, let's very, hear very, this. very, very close. I don't want to. Talk about okay. Ryan or Aiden yet. We'll oh, save Ryan or Aiden. We'll just okay. put him back in his box, back in, in Qantas Club. Stay tuned I- because I'll explain why Ryan's in Qantas Club in a moment. Righto, righto. Um, the, I, I, sometimes this is a bit like the warrior because I do pretend to be a samurai sometimes. Oh, I love it, um, Jerry. Yeah, samurais are very dignified. They do yes. have a code of honour, as disturbing as that might be. Um, but they're very powerful, but they also mm. have um, respect for fashion and <laughs> colour. So I, I have to quickly interject. So Aikido was derived from, the, it was like a repository of what remained of the samurai martial arts. And so, yes. yeah, no, no. The no, interconnectedness of all yeah, things. Yeah, right. Yes. Keep going. Uh, and they would also carry weapons. So yeah, there's weapons, not everything is to be. Um, <laughs> they, they were dangerous. We'll see that samurai, yeah, yeah, well, in Aikido, you, you have to have pure, focused intent. 
And that's a big part of it. And then you're, you're, the sword's like an extension of your mind at that point. Yes, it's not all about the kimono, is it? Uh, so, <laughs> well, it could be. I mean, it depends on what your weapon is, Jerry. Maybe your kimono <laughs> is the weapon. Is it open? Is it? I, I don't know. Like, have you heard fun. that? Uh, have you heard that management phrase? Let's open the kimono on this one. <laughs> Right. That's my that's goal to just thing. randomly throw okay. that into a meeting. I don't even know Sorry. what it means. <laughs> it's become very revealing this this session. I'm, 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 yeah, open the kimono. Well, we're trying to open the kimono. That might be more important than we think. What's yes. in? What's behind? What's inside the kimono? That's a <laughs> that's a miracle question. The mystery of all. Anyway, back to like we're, we're something is a hot so, spot so, here. Sometimes I pretend to be an unnamed yeah. samurai and just kind of like switch the gender I love in my it. mind. Yeah, oh, yeah. I love it. But if, yeah, great. I yeah, I fancy. Yeah, right. I get it, um, Jerry. But it's yeah currently very very helpful to me. Well, I I think it's very helpful. Maybe I'm deluded. Maybe this is something that is just. Um, helping me to avoid the past rather than address it. Right. I pretend I'm a fly-in, fly-out minor with a girlfriend in Bali I love called this. Ryan or Aiden. Oh, jeez, that's awesome, Jerry. And I fly into work and I work, but then I fly out to He's my a- real life. So Aiden's like your samurai armor, but it's just it just looks a bit different. It's a much better disguise. What an awesome use of the warrior archetype in the guise I, of Aiden. It it is. Aiden's just not working. Uh, oh, because not? Right. for example, on okay. Tuesday I had a huge day at work, a big, a big day. Uh, mm-hmm. And part of it, uh, so I saw seven people. Right? Oh, if we're going to be man, concrete, that's a big you day. Think that's too much. Yeah, um, that's a lot. It is, well, it is too much, as this story will illustrate. And then I did my notes and my letters. And oh, by the time I got home, it was like midnight. Like 11. It might even have been past yeah. midnight. Oh, I uh, So the next day, I really spent the day recovering, not accomplishing too much at all. And uh, I wasn't mentally disturbed, although maybe I was a little. Yeah. I was not Aiden. I was not flying in and flying out. Oh, yeah. And maybe maybe I can't be Aiden or maybe I can only be Aiden in certain situations. Mm. And maybe it's okay to not be Aiden. Maybe it is okay to have the day and have... Have the people, have the clients stay with you a little. Yeah, you know, I want to talk about this Aiden situation we've got going on here because I think it's telling us a lot about something, but I've got to think about it for a minute. Um, I think it, you, what the reason you're grabbing it is because it keeps you in that light and breezy state, isn't it? Oh, Aiden's yeah. very light and breezy. He's light Not and breezy. Not a deep thinker, the old Aiden. No, no. Um, so he's, a lo- he's a lovely chap, isn't he? Lovely bloke. <laughs> but can, I, can I just raise something <laughs> yeah. really, really yeah. Uh, concrete? Okay, but that yes. Aiden has a big kind of ritual changing him from his workplace to the rest of his life, right? I, I love so what you've done a, with this. Yeah. So he'd have a shower, 
because he has a shower. You know, I've no yeah, idea what mining is like, up, but I assume it's well, dirty. No. Oh, dirt, right, yeah. yeah so he dirty. has a shower. Yeah. He gets out of his high visibility vest. He puts on oh, some yeah. sort of attractive hard yakka yeah. ensemble, not because he needs it oh, yeah, to nice. wear it to work, but just because Thongs? it's part of his hotness. <laughs> no, I think work boots still. Work like, boots, right, okay, But, yeah, but not dirty yeah. work boots, not the no. actual work boots for no. work, you know, like, a sort of right supplementary right. pair. Yeah. Um, and yeah. then he goes from the mine to Perth International Airport and oh. goes to Qantas Club and has a swan lager and then gets Does on he? a plane to Bali. Has yes. A, has a swan that lager. That is what I people in Western detail. Australia do. They, they drink swan we'll lager. We'll find out. Yeah, righto. They're into the swan. Yeah, swanee. Righto. Uh, so people in Queensland drink Forex. People in Victoria drink VB. People in oh, New South Wales awesome. drink Tuis or Rashes. Come on, this is yeah, basic this stuff. This is the rules. Rules. Um, the rules. Who knows what people in South Australia drink? It's not important. Yeah. Wine. Um, they have wine. They're on to the wine. The Barossa Valley. No. <laughs> <laughs> and in Tasmania, it's either Bogues or Cascade. Yeah, Bogues. Oh, Bogues. Oh, yeah. Right uh, sorry, yeah. sorry. Are you Bonson. are you literally feeling like a cold beer now? I am uh, Bogues. You is- say Bogues, you can feel the cold stream in Tasmania. Yeah, man, I've been there too. I've been to the distillery. Good. Anyway, why are we talking about beers? <laughs> because it's because part Aiden of it. It's part okay. of what Aiden does oh, to turn yeah. from being a miner to okay. turn into a, I don't know exactly what he does in Bali. Do you know, um, Jerry, I, when you said miner, I heard minor as in underage person. That is so weird. <laughs> so weird. Yes. I just sorry, caught... <laughs> Yes, no, he's definitely not an underage person, a minor. It's a Sydney, uh, the secret city accent. (laughs) Yes, yes, sorry, because in my head I thought, oh, that is going to sound like minor. Minor. Um, I've just got a cat who looks like he's just going to piss. Hang on. Oh, no, okay. Cold fire. Is this poor tiger? (laughs) Has tiger got urinary continence uh, issues going on? Right now, we're just having a slight departure from the proceedings. Is he all right? Cat dramas. Right. <laughs> okay. From right, the yep. profound to, to the mundane. The, the, that was the samurai. <laughs> That's where I could move really quickly. Yeah, I look identified. at that change. Whipper, ripper. It's total, um, it, total intent we had then. Yeah, yeah, because he was on he was on my computer case and on my bag and the agility of a cat, good shape shifting, Jerry. Good work. Yes. All right. We're, yes. we're in a hot spot here. This is very important. There's so much information trying to pump through. Right, back to Aiden is having his beer, right? Then what happens? And then he gets on a plane. Right, and uh, goes and to Bali. Has some nuts and maybe he has nuts. another beer. <laughs> oh wow. So and he goes to Bali, <laughs> uh, <laughs> right? Where maybe I, I should, in you know, all honesty, admit at this point, I've never been to Bali. I've never been to Perth International Airport. It's I think just I've a been fantasy to Perth life. Domestic a, airport is it the same thing? It's a beautiful uh, fantasy. It's, it's a psychological fantasy, which we're we've got to get out first. We've got to paint the thing, and then we'll figure out what it is we're trying to make sense of. That's what we've got to do. So keep going okay, with Aiden. Okay, so it doesn't matter that I've never been. No, to Bali, doesn't matter. It doesn't matter that I'm not in that. I'm sort of the opposite of Aiden. 
Yeah, um, middle aged white woman here, visualize not not a young man. No, a young man, it's a young man we've got. He's sort of fit, he's you know, doing a bit of physical work, maybe. He's off to Bali. Does he surf at all, Aiden? Oh, Does yes, he, I think of he course could he surfs. Surf. Yeah, I think yes. he might surf. Yeah, well, he, he likes has a, a bit of a surf. in Bali. Mate, well, uh, and yeah, so- righto. <laughs> He's having a relaxing time anyway when he's off the clock. He's got to look forward to that relaxation on the beach maybe. Yes, yes. Being in the ocean. Mm. Yes. So it it seems a powerful fantasy, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, Okay. And and you know what the message of the fantasy is? All of that and the message is probably to me, to myself, I'm trying to talk to myself and yet I'm not listening, is right. leave work at work. Right. Have a ritual. Move on to the rest of your life, which has some similarities to Bali, although probably not many. Uh, it has yoga in it. So, you know, oh, you people do, do yoga. Yoga is, oh, in, oh, um, yoga is uh, aspirational for me at the moment. <laughs> Amy, could you talk yep. amongst yourself while I yes. deal with the Go cat? Go and deal with Tiger. Shut right, him let's... in the ensuite, and I think I've got to take oh. him to the actual okay. cat laundry. Bathroom. All right, we'll just take a short pause, and we're back. <laughs> Unbelievable! I bet you the cat pissed on the bath mat in the ensuite. <laughs> oh no! And I just thought to myself, I bet you Aiden doesn't have to deal with this. Well, I, I bet think... you samurai never have to clean up cat wee. <laughs> oh, the, or- the the sublime and the ordinary is a big part of Zen practice. You know. But I'm just while you're away, I was um there's a bit of a picture over your left shoulder that my attention was drawn to. And it's a boat on a on a on a like a harbour. Like a, I think it is. I think there's is that right? Is that what the picture is behind? It, it's you? a, a- I think it's a print of a, yeah. I could be showing my ignorance here, Australian oh, artist yeah. Streeton. Oh, it, it looks a bit like it could be a Streeton. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I, it's just a can't print quite of a Streeton. But you're being very nice. You're not drawing attention to the nature of the feature wall, uh, which was <laughs> no, here. Sorry, <laughs> which was here when we moved in. Okay? Right, yes. So. Feature walls that were, have been a thing in the last decade. Well, okay, so if we add all these little flirts together, I feel like there's a theme of being maybe young, being at the beach, being freer, having less responsibility, maybe. Is there a part of that part of life, what it feels like to be young before all the responsibility gets loaded up where you can just go to the beach without anything to worry about except staying on the board? (laughs) Is there something like that? That is so deep because I'm not taking that at all. Um, that no, that that's intriguing because I would say the fantasy was about compartmentalizing. No, no, I get it. That's what it is um, on the surface. I get that part. That's what on is, the surface, yeah. is it? That yeah, I'm well, a middle aged uh, woman wanting to keep everything in boxes well, uh, sure. from IKEA. I mean, but I'm wondering if there's a sort of a, a a kind of human experience is being not expressed very often, or, except when we think about Aiden. You know, it's like a way of saying, "I want more of that in my life. I want more, more beach, beach, beach dreaming. <laughs> I want more 
um, you know, just lack of responsibility. I mean, for me, that's what comes up for me because I heard, interestingly enough, minor meaning young person, but you meant minor meaning salt mines. Like I get it. Like it's a it's a bit of a double signal there. Interesting examination of what that what that could mean. You know, so yes. so it could be you could be try, sort of saying two things at once, Jerry. I feel like a minor. I'm in the salt mines, but I want to be a minor. I want to be younger. Do you know what connects both ideas? What connects yeah, what? both ideas is the feeling when you get on a plane. Yes, which going is somewhere. anticipation, but also I'm leaving the responsibilities behind. I'm yeah. leaving the problems behind. Yeah. Uh, the problems can't get me now. Problems can't get me now. Yeah. Problems can't get me now. I'm off on, I'm going to my magical place where the problems are not. Bali. Yes, yes. And I actually don't want to go to Bali. Can yeah, I, I just know. say that well, for the record? Yeah, it's, just for, uh, it's sort of like the Xanadu for Australians. It's a close Xanadu or at least maybe Queenslanders. There was always someone going to Bali and it seemed like a, like a magical location. Where everything I think it's not so good. far from Perth. So that's why Aiden's uh, Western Australian. I, I, how many hours is Bali from Perth? I, I do not know. That. Maybe it's worth looking I up. Is it seven? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. Oh, no, it's five hours to. Mm, I'm trying to from Melbourne to Perth. So it's got to be more than that. It's in Indonesia, isn't it? God, we're going to sound like blonde. Yes. yes. Like, Bali's oh, in Indonesia. Yeah, it's Indonesia. It's just it's not. It's, which isn't it north of Queensland? It could be. No, it's above Australia. It's off the coast of Western Australia. Uh, right, but, well, now we're going to get the Google onto the problem. Here, yeah, we're we going to get Google uh, okay. onto the problem. Wow, are you okay, googling? Where is it? I am going to dem get the dem get dem. We, we want precision. Okay, we're feeling nervous. Something's weirds going on here. Bali. <laughs> I'm on the Google. I mean, well, the irony is none of us can yeah. fly anywhere. Jerry, uh, you're right. You're on the right track. <laughs> yeah, it's closer to Perth. You're probably right. Yeah, it's closer to Perth than it is. I, in my child's imagination, Bali's north of Queensland. <laughs> because people were always saying it's north. Like they were going, oh, you know, where's Bali, you know. How anyway. long is the flight from <laughs> yeah, Let's get some speci- specifics into the to- conversation. Bali. How far is the flight from Perth to Bali? Flight yeah, good facts. Question. Yeah, oh, flight three facts. hours, 45 oh, minutes. Ripper. There you okay. go. That's why he's so a fly-in, fly-out person who lives in Bali. So I love the um, accuracy of the fantasy with Aiden. So, and you've positioned him in Perth so that it's a quick hop, skip, and a jump over to the, the Xanadu that is Bali. Good, good time. So what is, so, of course, Jerry, the next question is we've got to find Aiden. In you, where does he live? Oh, I know, I know. Oh, you got a bit funny there, didn't you? You didn't like that. Well, you got a bit I'm not saying Aiden is perfect. There's some no really young. big differences between him and I, apart from right. gender. And oh, yeah. one of them is education. I value my education, mm. whereas I, I, I sense Aiden really is happy with his limited trade certificates 
Perhaps he's I should a, have he's used a physical the adjective person. limited there. <laughs> you got a bit nervous about that. But he's a physical person and there's, there's very present in the body, you know, gets on the surfboard, gets down the mines. <laughs> <laughs> he gets around a bit and he's young. That's what I'm taking from the Aiden fantasy. So I feel like there's something about the salt mine metaphor, you know, going down the mines. I don't know. <laughs> Mm. Mm. So we got so, but but Aiden has an escape, doesn't he? He goes to Bali. Yes, yes. he lives in Bali when he's not working. Oh, okay. So he's a, he's a expat, right? Sort of. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yes. I. Mm. <laughs> who knows how that works? Well, I think do not let ignorance be a barrier to your fantasy life, people. <laughs> so is there a feeling of being a little bit trapped? in this story somewhere like in your your experience of this this fantasy like is there a feeling of i mean is, there must be jerry like and then it might make us nervous because like well if we feel that we have to deal with it so maybe we don't want to feel it feel it is that where the maybe the avoidance yeah i think in? so yes Righto. because all of my fantasies involve movement and travel and adventures uh, yeah. in one way or another so if we were doing a keto, we would enter into the attack. We would sit with this, not move until we take the centre of this thing and, like, we'd blend with it, take the centre and redirect the energy to the earth. That's what you'd do if we were going into it. If we were approaching this as akadokas, we would be like samurai, modern-day samurai, Jerry, for all intents and purposes. That's what, that's what a keto is. It's the legacy of a samurai transformed into a peaceful martial arts. That's the legend anyway. Anyway, so if we were going to enter, we don't have to, but we've got the choice in this moment. Will we enter into the experience and try and understand it more experientially or will we not? I I think we should not in the time available. I think we should hover around the edges, perhaps watching the karate kid. That feels like the thing to do here. Okay. the old Karate Kid yeah. up on YouTube. Mr. Miyagi, what a dude. How much do we love Mr. Miyagi? Everyone loves Mr. Miyagi. It's, you know, even Daniel's got a special place in everyone's heart. And the, the Halloween, the, the skeleton outfits, man, you just can't remember. Getting, and him being a shower. I, We're back to the shower. We're back to the shower again. You know, on the Halloween party where Daniel dresses up as a shake, gets a shower curtain, he goes as a shower. As his costume, Karate Kid one. No? Okay, I've obviously watched it more than you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I've watched it since the 80s. What so. <laughs> was it nice to do in our Secret City of Origin? Except for watch there was Greece nothing a lot to do in our Secret <laughs> City of Origin, no, let's no, face it. No, video, VHS, we had, and you had to tape it off like free-to-air telly. <laughs> Oh, there was no television in the 80s oh, and Jesus. 90s, was and there? Then, oh, God. This is no. why people became obsessed with the bill because the bill was actually <laughs> bill. Yeah, it was like a your really life, profound UK. metaphor <laughs> for life. I know. Oh, mate. Well, anyway, well, so Daniel goes to a Halloween party and he dresses up as a shower, which brings us back to the shower that Aiden has after he finishes his shift at the mines. So we're still on the damn the damn dream. We just uh, we can't we can't escape it, Jerry. There's something about this thing that keeps popping up. Jerry's like, no, 
no, we're not. There's an edge. My edges must be observed. I need to feel trapped because it's more comfortable and, frankly, more familiar. So there's safety in that, isn't there? Yes, yes. I know. Well, it's yeah. true. You know, this is coming up a little bit in my world at the moment, this business of being in an uncomfortable, safe place. Like it's, I think, I think it might have come up last night in group. Oh, we had a mad session in group last night. I was thinking about you. I could have done with your help last night in group. We got on to food. We got, we got on to food and I feel slightly out of my depth with this, not being an official, we're not allowed to use the word specialisation. I don't know how to describe it. Practice interest, um, skill set, well-developed skill set. In like I was thinking about you banging on about eating disorders and I was thinking it's such a massive area. It, it is a massive it, area. Massive. <laughs> I had to defend myself and say I do not bang on. Oh right, sorry. Well, it is a massive area, and the distress is so profound. A, well, you're right because what I realised, not having given this some deep thought until last night at group, I thought everybody's relationship with food is really re- their relationship with caring for themselves, and and it's so interesting to hear people how they describe how they think about food. Like, do they enjoy food? Is it a trial? Is it annoying? Do they think it's, do they just avoid it? Or it's like when you get people talking about what they do with food, I wonder if any of us have uh, a good relationship with food. It just occurred to me, maybe none of us do. And what does that mean? And where does it come from? It's hard to have a good relationship with food in the modern world. It it is something that capitalism has uh, and modern life has messed up for us. There's no doubt. true. It's really true. About that. However, there is a good side. Mm. And it, it the good side is, or the side that is really meaningful and really positive is when you think about it, mm. almost every culture, and when almost most, 99%. In fact, yeah. name the culture that doesn't have this. I bet you can't. Yeah that doesn't have a strong sense of hospitality. Yeah, good point. A strong sense of looking after people that come to your home, of sharing food, of celebrating with food and of giving uh, without without, uh, giving generously around food, around drink, around hospitality. Every culture has their own way of doing that, but it's, it's... it's very strong. It's not mm. something that it's something that is valued and something that is practiced. Hey, I right. Name the culture that doesn't have a strong sense of hospitality. No, fact, it's not. Even, it's not only hospitality. It's also a, a deeply ingrained knowledge about how to prepare food that provides the that cares for the body. And I yes. think the, the, certainly in Australia, because we've got a, the multicultural thing going on here, and also in, legacy of immigration. Some of that knowledge has been lost and distorted or, and is very hard to, re- like, remain. It's like a, cultures have systems of preparing food, basically. Yes. It includes, it includes a complete nutrition program if you look at how it works. But if you have part of it, if you pick and choose from the, so, you know, I don't want to name a culture without, because I can't claim them all, but, like, the way people, like, you need vegetables, basically, and every culture prepares vegetables in some way, and you need a source of protein, and how you prepare yes, that yes. is 
usually been developed from the place, the the climate conditions or the, the geography of the place that the, the, the tradition was developed. And it doesn't come to Australia unchanged. It, it's sort of, and that yes. maybe you could say it's a good yes. thing, maybe it's not a good thing. But it, I just, like the relationship people have with food was so interesting, not to mention we have a section of group we like to refer to as self-hatred corner. <laughs> <laughs> And it's taken us quite a long time to be able to articulate our feelings about ourselves in this way because they slink off and hide. <laughs> anyway, so some of my group members were saying that they they sometimes express this dis- dislike of the self by depriving the per- themselves of food. With, and they feel this is, they get a sense of, um, they feel this is a good thing until they get dizzy. Yes. In the afternoon. And I was thinking about and I thought, gosh, I could really get Jerry in on this conversation because she's this is right up her alley. We never crossed the food conversation. I've been running group for almost 10 years. Not, not People do come and go from group. But I just thought, man, we got to talk about this food thing with everyone. Like, but there's lots of levels to it. There's like a nutritional aspect to it, but there's also a self-care yes. aspect. There's a sharing. Yes. There's a relationship aspect. There's an attachment aspect. Someone like a caregiver would have taught you how to eat when you were a baby. You would have done mirroring of chewing and smiling, and here comes the airplane and all, and all that stuff. Because you, eating is a learned, partly a learned thing. Digesting is a really important process for mental health. Like if your stomach's not working, and your stomach cannot work in a variety of ways, you got the gut biome and. You've got the diversity of uh, nutrition that you, you need to give your body a diverse diet. It can't just be avocado and toast and call yourself a vegetarian. That's not a vegetarian diet. <laughs> that's, that's, <laughs> young people listen to Imogen. <laughs> that's a coffee shop diet. <laughs> <laughs> that's a glamorous, quick and dirty. <laughs> but um, but I, you know, I've got lots of young people who declare to me they're ve- vegan or vegetarian and they, and I say, what are we eating? And they're eating toast and avocado and calling it a day and that's not a complete diet. That's <laughs> not even close. And, then, and that, they're not willfully depriving themselves of anything, not at that stage, but it can grow into that, I've noticed. Yes. Thought, gosh, yes. it's a really big area, this eating disorders issue or, or just eating in general. And it looks like a continuum to me. Like, of course, it can be extremely extreme. And if self-hatred corner get their way, they'll be doing quite a lot of deprivation and hoping to get rewarded for it. It's a very funny, it's a very complicated dynamic of relating to yourself to try and understand and reveal to another because it's also quite shameful. Yes. yes. So it's hidden, right? It's a hidden horror. Yes. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. How'd yes. we go today, Jerry? Did we did we get anywhere? What have we covered? Aiden, we we, got, we gave that a red hot crack, didn't we? we where did we end up with Aiden? Is he in uh-huh. Bali? Like, where is how's he going? Uh, I, 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 Aiden's in Bali. <laughs> is he? Is he, he's having a? He's probably having his swan lager, just a bit of a few lagers, maybe. Yes. What kind of beer the do beach? people drink in Bali? <laughs> um, must find out. Oh, here we go. Right, we. I love the research that we, it reassures us to find the facts, doesn't it? When, it so does. are we? Feel, are we feeling a little bit, um, um, sort of disoriented or? uncertain or something is there a feeling of that in the room 
I think so, but I think the whole world okay. is feeling like that. Yeah. So I think That's that true. can be sat with. That can be sat with. We just have to watch this space. Okay. It's um, a bit, we feel a bit sad or something, oh, Jerry. I feel like there's a sort of m- m- melancholy or something wandering around. You know, is there? I think there is. I think there is. But you know what? It, what? I think it is okay to be yeah. a bit melancholy. All right. Yeah, it's like totally okay. I'm just trying to notice it, you know, like what is yeah. do we, does it need need so that it's not hidden behind the couch like a, you know, hiding, you know. In, in, in We're not in self-hatred corner. Corner. <laughs> yeah. They laugh when they tell me this and I'm like, we, I don't know, should we be laughing? I don't know. what. Well, we're just trying to understand it, I suppose. But it's extremely hard to talk about self-loathing, really hard. Maybe you need to joke about it so you can talk about it. Maybe you need. Maybe that's that we need a sort of cushion joke. Um. Did you find? Want to hear the local beer yeah, in right. Bali? Yeah, let's have it. What is the it? magic of Google? Tells me it is Bintang beer. Good, righto. So we just did, we're, we're we are ready. <laughs> we know what Aiden's drinking. <laughs> Well, we'll find out about Aiden's travels for, in the next exciting um, episode, I suppose, Jerry. Next, next meeting, I guess. Yes. Yes. All right. Well. Yeah, I'm not sure Aiden's going to have a lot going on. Well, it, is he a talker, Aiden? It's not really. Yeah, he's no. not a man of few words. I feel. Yeah, he's a man more of physical, few words. physical person. <laughs> Does everybody else pretend there's someone else? <laughs> Or I is just it love just the us? Well, I love that. No, it's a rich fantasy world. Gosh, you need coping skills in this life. I tell you what, you want a sense of humour and a good imagination. If you got those two things, you can almost do anything. Yes. On that cheerful note, I will say goodbye. Bye, Thank Bye. you. Aiden says uru. Uru.